Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonance pod for your free audiobook download. So we have to start the show this week with a little bit of an apology from last week. Uh, last time on our show, we discussed a story about a place called Burger Urge, and uh, that story in that story, we made fun of uh, uh, sophisticated cows. We received a few letters about this and several voicemails. I can't play all the voicemails, and, and I can't read all the hate mail we got from this, but I just want to play one from an angry fan. We at Cognitive Dissonance would like to offer a heartfelt apology to all sophisticated unglades for our mischaracterizations. Uh, We'd also like to thank the law firm of Longhorn, Angus, and Wagyu for their strongly worded letter. We now return you back to your regularly scheduled Cognitive Dissonance podcast. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome, Matt. Cecil, this is episode 90. This is our A-. This is A- episode? They're all they're all definitely the minus episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's no A. Yeah. <laughs> it's like our GPA is not in the fours. That is not going to fucking happen. Cecil Absolutely and Tom, not. you got a 90 out of 180. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's more like it. Yeah. <laughs> Bell curve. Bell curve. <laughs> You're just happier with like the developmentally disabled in your class. <laughs> hey, I can put those blocks into shapes too. Yeah. So. I mean, with some practice and some help right, from the kid right. that sits next to he me. He needs some help. He bites, but he's yeah. friendly. So, it's fine. 90 episodes, and I and I still I still read the intro every time. Right, right. That is how dim-witted I am, yeah. folks. <laughs> I fucking still read that thing every time. You, you cheat on your own test. <laughs> every week. I totally do. <laughs> It's fun, you know, total aside, but I was thinking about cheating the other day. There was, I read a story about some kids getting caught in high school or whatever cheating. And uh, I cheated in high school once on a Spanish thing by writing all of my Spanish vocabulary words very, very hard on a piece of paper, then throwing it away. And it left the indention on the other piece of paper. So I used that piece of paper. And I remember thinking like, that's when we didn't have cell phones. And, you know, like I had this like old timer moment. This total like Bluetooth cheaters. <laughs> I I uh I cheated on one. I tried to cheat. I did not successfully cheat. <laughs> I tried to cheat on one exam in college. It was a uh, math. It was trigonometry, and I and we were supposed to memorize like some theorems or something or some sort of equation. I don't remember what it was. It was either trigonometry or calculus, but we had to memorize uh, like a sequence. 
that wasn't like a sequence of numbers, but you had to memorize like here's the here's the what I don't even know what it is equation or whatever it was, and uh, and so. <laughs> I had it on my notes, and my notes were on the floor because you're supposed to clear your desk off, and they were on the floor, and I'm writing my thing, and I just I just happened to look down. I'm like, oh, there's my notes on the floor. And I'm thinking to myself, while I'm sitting there thinking, I kind of look down. I look down again, and I'm starting to write out. I'm like, I could just look at the notes. And as I start to turn, the professor is right in my face, <laughs> and he's like, I'll just take those notes. And I was like... I didn't actually cheat. I'm just like, I didn't do it yet. I was thinking about doing it, but I totally didn't do it yet. But uh, he didn't give me a bad grade. I got a bad grade all on my own. You earned so, that, right? Yeah, I earned that bad grade. I did not recall the equation. So, Even when he, just, he like right. takes the notes from you like, no, it wasn't going to help. Yeah. Just it so wasn't you know. Help it wasn't going to help anyway. Probably wrote it down wrong anyway. So, Well, let's cheat our way through another episode. Let's try. Let's see what we could do. Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. This story is from SanFranciscoGate.com. Surrogate mom refuses to abort fetus with birth defects. That's fucking awful. But what makes it particularly awful is uh, she demanded $15,000 to undergo a procedure she claimed went against her religious beliefs. Now, they had offered her, the surrogate, the, the, the couple, um, that she was surrogating. Is that a verb? I don't know. Surrogating <laughs> you, for... You just made it up. It's good. <laughs> they offered her ten grand to have an abortion. She fucking raised them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's like, I'm all in. Yeah, right? sorry. She's like, I'll see your 10000 go up fifteen. Otherwise, you get a baby with a hair lip. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that's really what she did. Yeah. Well, you know, the worst part about this is, is that she actually fled. Like, she wound up leaving the state that she was in. And she fled to Michigan where the surrogate has, like, a lot more rights, I guess. And they can actually be the legal guardian of that child. Which is crazy to me, which is absolutely insane that you would go through this procedure, pay this person a $22,000 fee, then offer them $10,000 more above and beyond to abort because you know the kid's going to be coming out developmentally, developmentally disabled with birth defects. And you're like, yeah, well, too bad. You got to up that to 15K. You know, my, my, my personally held religious beliefs are worth <laughs> more money than that. You got to make, you know, if I'm going to go spend hell, eternity in hell, I want at least five more thousand dollars. And how cheap is your soul? No, five five grand? grand for your soul? You're five like, grand. I need another five grand. No, it's not that much. It's only eternity. All of fucking time for $5,000. I don't, I don't believe that she – like, she went out of her way to go away to this other state so she could have this baby. And, you know, like, she shits out a nightmare kid. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you look at it, and you're just like, okay, well, that's – you know, this kid obviously is going to have problems for the rest of its life. Oh, like, yes. it's not yeah. going to be – and we are talking about it earlier. There's a part of this story where they, they gave this kid up to a family, like a foster family or whatever, and the real parents came to – see it and I'm not sure exactly how surrogacy works right um I don't know if it's the it's I think it's the woman and the men the man 
like have some sort of artificial thing and then they put it in the woman or maybe they take one of her eggs and artificially inseminate her. I'm not exactly sure how all that process works, right? But the baby's going to be, you know, born with this this thing. They decide not they they decide they want to Im, 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 abort. The woman won't do it. She winds up having the baby and then she gives it to somebody and it says and it says here now this is the people that they're the adoptive mother says this. The baby wakes up every single morning with an infectious smile. She greets the world with a constant sense of enthusiasm. Ultimately, we hold on to the faith uh, in providing this baby with love, opportunity, and encouragement that she will be the one to show us what is possible for her life and what she is capable of achieving. I think that's a great attitude, but I also feel like this kid is, is also way too young to understand what it can't do and how that's going to affect it. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, the kid fucking smiles now. But it's a baby. It doesn't have any idea of what, where, it, where it is and how it relates to other human beings. It hasn't looked at itself yet. It ha- doesn't even know what it looks like. It probably doesn't even have, like, you know, the ability to cognizantly know what's in the mirror yet. Yeah, and, you know, the argument here isn't that, like, every baby with birth defects should be, like, Cecil and I are saying, like, you should abort babies. With-. It's like, but you've got to honor the agreement. Right. Like you can't just you can't just say, well, we're going to look on the bright side. Look on the bright side. The baby's happy. He's smiling. And that's that's great. Well, this this baby has uh, a, a condition where the brain fails to completely divide into distinct hemispheres. Many of her internal organs, such as her liver and stomach, are in the wrong places. She has two spleens, neither of which work. Her head is very small. Her ear is misshapen. She has a cleft uh, lip, a cleft palate, and a long list of complex heart defects, among other problems. And there's like a 50% chance that she can eventually walk. And it's like it's like the doctors knew this ahead of time. And this is something that I think a lot of parents would grapple with. Is it? A, it's a difficult decision. You're stuck with this moment where you're like, well, do I abort this child or do I keep this child? This child's obviously going to have hard times. I'm going to have a hard time taking care of this child. What do I want to do? And it's not always a selfish decision. Right. But I and think it's not this woman's decision. Well, <laughs> Isn't that isn't that what you give up by saying, like, I will do a thing for money? Right. I mean, isn't that contractually what you do when you say, if you give me a money, I will do a thing? You know, I mean, liken this to, to another kind of work that you do with your body. Liken this to construction. You know, it's, it's work with your body. You, you give up your right to say, I won't lift that thing and put it on the other thing. You took the money. Yeah. You took the fucking paycheck. So... If it's in the contract and you read the contract and you signed the contract and you took the fucking money, it's not your call. And it's it's important to note that the the mother who acted as the surrogate who refused to honor the contract because her deeply held religious convictions wouldn't allow her to have the abortion she fucking agreed to have. The, this woman, she's not raising this fucking kid. No. She gave it up for adoption. She's, she's still just shattered out into the world. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be shitty, but she, she still was just like, well, I'm not going to deal with it. I got my 22000 So fuck you. Give me another five. I'll abort the kid. No, that, ex- that little piece of extortion didn't work. Well, here's this kid. I'll just fucking give it away to somebody else then. What do I care? I'm a shitty human being. Yeah, and it's not my, you know, like, and the other thing, too, is that you're tied to your own <laughs> genetic material, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, you're thinking, of well, this is, you know, this is my kid. It's, you know, it's par- part of me. I've got to do the best that I can or whatever. And it, it, it's just, it is. It's just emotional dis- extortion, and it's stupid. And it, and what it does is it calls into place abortion 
as a, you know, as sort of this evil. And it's bringing attention to it as some sort of evil thing that, you know, you're forcing someone to do. And you know some asshole's going to run with this story and be like, oh, they were trying to make her get an abortion. Make this woman into some kind of hero when really all she is is a fucking thief. Yeah, she's a thief and an extortionist. Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. See, so this story is from WND.com. This is a WND exclusive, by the way. This has not been scooped no. No, by no. the AP. Um, dating is dangerous, Christian leaders say. It's well worth asking whether God might not have a better plan. Uh, this story is fucking full of crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Focus on the family president, Jim Daly, uh, says basically that dating is a problem and we need to return to the good old days of courtship, Cecil. The good old days of sitting in the parlor room having an awkward conversation while the father decides how much to sell his daughter for. I'm not going to bless your marriage unless you have a proper courting. That's all <laughs> there is to it. Fuck him to courting. He did buy him home. That's ridiculous. I love this guy. He says, to be sure, contemporary dating is different from what it was in the previous generations. Sexual promiscuity is rampant, even among Christian teens, and many young people receive little or no moral guidance from their parents or support from their culture. Binge drinking, date violence, even date rape is far too common. And you're like, well, the reason why those things are common is because you're not talking about, you know, sex with these people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, well, you got to talk about sex once in a while. And they just want to lock these kids up. It's like they, they fucking, every child is Rapunzel. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. Every kid is Rapunzel. And there's a part in this too where it says, in light of this, this is the guy saying it again, we would suggest that boys and girls under the age of 17 should not be allowed to go out on one-on-one -on -one dates. There are simply too many dangers associated with this kind of activity. Instead, they should be encouraged to participate in group dates with a number of friends who share their moral and spiritual values. Even then, mom and dad should make sure that they are well acquainted with each other's kids in the group and their parents. And, you know, all they're doing is turning a one-on-one -on -one sexual encounter into an orgy. That's all right. they do. I thought the same thing. <laughs> what it's like okay so all my buddies are going to get together and we're all going to like we're all going to go out on dates like dates together like so there's three guys and three girls and we're going to go on a date and this way nobody gets any alone time except for if i look at my buddy and i'm like dude i'm gonna score get lost yeah he gets lost shit if you're stuck in the same room you just i mean you just start to get lucky you right, know what I mean? You'd be like, look, I have a bed over here, you have a chair over there, and you, sir, have the floor. Yeah, right. I am You're not going to stare at any of you guys. I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to do is what they call a thing, and she's going to want to do a thing, too. You can't have horny teenagers policing other horny teenagers. No kidding, right? Like that is like... What recipe for success is that, Brian? Oh, my gosh. That's like letting Weight Watchers police the fucking M&M's line. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they're just like, it's like fucking, it's like, it's like the Lucille Ball thing where they're just shoving them in their mouth the over and over. <laughs> they can't stop. I love, too, the idea, too, where they say, um, and he says here, and when you look at, the, at it closely, the dating culture has led to widespread heartbreak, sexual immorality, STDs, abortion, abuse, and divorce. And I'm thinking, is widespread heartbreak a clinical term? I don't even right. know what that means. Widespread heartbreak? 
Well, it's an epidemic of heartbreak. You know, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want people to enter into marriage with intact hearts. You have to break no, them a no. little bit, like chip away the corner on the left hand side. Just intact hearts. What the fuck, you stupid shithead? Like that's the, dating is one of those things that just fucking prepares you. Who would want to enter into a marriage and be like, man, I don't really know. I have no deep emotional reservoir of strength from which to draw oh what that's so great because neither do i we're both fucking horrifyingly naive let's get married yeah it'll all work out then that's what the fuck yeah it says here that one of the one of the sections is stop test diving your girlfriend it says in a modern dating intimacy precedes commitment commitment in biblical dating commitment precedes intimacy and that doesn't even make any sense it's like this guy is buying high ticket items without reading reviews <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> What are you doing? Like the idea that you're going to be you're going to be commit to somebody before you're intimate with them. I mean, that's just outrageous. That's like I mean, I don't even do that with a fucking piece of electronics. I know. Cecil, it's and it's not even physical intimacy. Like if we're talking courtship, like like traditional courtships were very short. And you didn't get to even be emotionally intimate with that person or intellectually intimate cuz every part of your your uh you know, interaction with your soon-to-be beloved is mediated by some fucking random third party, you know, a family member or, a, a, you know, somebody to watch out to make sure your dick don't get too hard. It's it's ridiculous. So you're going to end up being married to somebody be like, I'm not sure I like you. We're not real confident about this, are we? Yeah, well, they, I mean, one of the arguments that he's making, though, is that is that that's okay. That to not like the other person is kind of okay because they say that you know marriage marriages break up when people are uh, suddenly unhappy. The marriage breaks up, and I'm thinking, well, of course, why should I not be happy? You know, and but you know, and that's and that's an interesting point. And I've you know, this is this is probably horrifyingly unpopular, but you know. One of the things to consider, too, is that we live a lot longer than we used to live. And, you know, it used to be that, you know, if you, if you die at 35 or 40, having a miserable few years while you're fucking married and raising children, and then you fucking keel over and you never had fucking two spare leisure time moments to look over at the person you share a bed with and decide whether or not you like your life or not. That's not a world we want to fucking return to. Yeah. You know, that's those aren't the good old days. Those are really bad old days. Those yeah. are really that's like that's like tilling the fucking land with a donkey old yeah. days. Like that's not great times. I, I would rather I would rather enjoy my life. And if my spouse isn't part of me enjoying my life, then you get a different spouse. That's the thing you do now. Because yeah. you're gonna be a hundred, a fucking hundred years old. Who wants to be 25? Be like, I don't really like this person. How much longer I got left? 75 motherfucking you years. You got all of it left, son. <laughs> right? All of it. Not the next 10 if your teeth hold out. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I agree. I think the idea that you're just going to be, that you should be unhappy in marriage and try to fix that. It's like, well, sometimes unhappiness can't be fixed. The idea that somehow, you know, unhappiness is not, and you know, there's another guy who was talking about like divorce. It was another story that we posted on that. You posted on our page this week, Tom was talking about divorce and like how he wants to make divorce harder and things like that. And it's like, and he was basically saying like, you know, uh, uh, when divorces are, uh, are mutual, 
and people are like, look, there's just mutual disagreement between us. We can't get along. He said, outlaw that kind of divorce. It should only be when somebody's being bad or whatever. And you're like, well, then you're just going to encourage people to be bad to get out of a fucking marriage. I know. It doesn't make any sense. And the same thing applies here. It's like, man, I don't want to be, I'm going to be happy. Like, I want to spend my life as happy as possible. Nobody in their fucking right mind thinks, I want to be as miserable as possible (laughs) throughout my entire life. Nobody thinks that. Everybody's like, man, I want to be as happy as possible. Why would you fucking condemn yourself if you don't like who you're with. Because religion says to. Yeah. You got me there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. You didn't focus enough on the family. Yeah, you gotta focus Had on the family. Had you focused on the yeah. family, you would have understood. This show, as a gentle reminder, is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment on the old intrawebs. You can get your free audiobook by going to audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonancepod. And if while you're there, one of the books that I finished recently is actually part of a soon-to-be-completed trilogy uh, by Ken Follett. I finished the uh, first two in the Century trilogy, Fall of Giants and uh, Winter of the World, um, which if you're into historical fiction, I would recommend. They're both very good books about the uh, World War One, World War Two era, um, the start of the women's liberation movement in Europe, um, and the families of... Uh, individuals in uh, America, Russia, um, and uh, Germany, as well as England. They're huge books. They're a ton of fun. They're great for Audible because they're like fucking 30 hours long. (laughs) I know. Those are the best deal books. And it's free, man. It's 30 hours of entertainment for no money. Yeah. If you get it, you can go to our website. There's an Audible link on our website. You can sign up for there for your free audiobook. And the nice thing about these trilogies is you try it out. If you like it, great. Get the next one, you know, move on. If you don't like it, what are you fucking out? You're out nothing. Yeah. So give it a whirl. And and this directly supports our show. The more people do this, the the more Audible comes back to us. So if you're one of those people who say, man, you guys don't have a donate button. You guys don't have a thing what to give me so I could give you money. You guys should sell something. This is kind of what we're selling. So if you're interested in supporting the show and you don't have an Audible account, this would be a great way to, to show us some support. So go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonance pod or to our website dissonancepod.com and click on the link. You're a dick! Oh, be nice! Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay! Oh my god, what's happening now? We work hard, we play hard. <laughs> So this story is from Yahoo News, and it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Argument against gay marriage in California hinges on accidental pregnancies. Cecil, this is the fucking backflip challenge of arguments. Basically, they're saying, and, I, and I'm going to quote here, uh, only a man and a woman can beget a child together without advanced planning, which means that opposite sex couples have a unique tendency to produce unplanned and unintended offspring wrote a prominent attorney representing congressional Republicans in the DOMA case. That's your argument? The irresponsibility of heterosexual couples? Look, they're begetting all over the place. They're begetting. They're just like begetting like crazy. (laughs) I accidentally impregnate three or four people every day. I mean, it's a complete accident. I'm just walking down the street. And I just accidentally impregnate someone. Just flinging sperm. No, at I just you know <laughs> it's it's because it's because I, I I you know sometimes I'll just trip and fall and there'll be somebody underneath me and I'll be like I'm sorry about that I didn't mean to penetrate your vagina when I fell. It's an accident. 
My rhymes are so potent within yeah. this small segment that made all of the ladies in the area pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, uh, accidentally impregnate. Um, I like this, too, at the very end, because it, they really do just show you how uh, absurd this is. It says, one of the many political pitfalls of this argument is whether it follows that the government should pass a law saying that only fertile people are allowed to wed, for example, or whether the state could ban marriage between elderly people. And I love that, too, because, like, who gets married? Like, the elderly will get married. People that are choosing not to have children, like my wife and I and several other people that choose not to have children. People that are infertile, you know, couples that just, you know, they can't, for whatever reason, produce offspring. The idea that you're going to ban those people from getting married is stupid. Like, that's a stupid argument. What, I, I'm not allowed to be involved in a relationship with my wife because I can't produce a fucking spawn? Are you serious? No, no, you're allowed to. It's just the state doesn't condone it. Like, you're allowed to do it, see, so you can't, right? You, you just can't get married. We're going to you're going to you can have maybe a civil union like we should. We'll just we'll just we'll call it we'll call it something else. We have to differentiate it so that the people who fucking knock other people up accidentally can get the privileges. Because <laughs> that's that. the kind of behavior you want to that's encourage. What you want. Well, then they say, like, if you don't, then men just won't. They'll just be a bunch of single mothers. And I'm like, well, there's already single mothers. It's not like a, like there's like oh suddenly there's a rash of fucking weddings because single mothers are out there saying well you accidentally knocked me up and there's this institution that we're allowed to get married because of it and you're like no there's a, there's plenty of single mothers out there there's plenty of people who you know impregnate someone and they never see the father again like that shit happens all the time and you're you're not required right it's not like a requirement you just you just can you just can if you want it's not like it's not like two gay guys get married, right? Or, or or two lesbians get married. And all of a sudden, fucking all across the country, mothers just start popping out children. Like, oh, fuck, what the fuck's going on? Did a gay man get married? I'm all of a sudden a single mother. I didn't <laughs> anticipate this at all. What the fuck? That's like, not how it works. They're like shitting out pigs like a hog. You know, they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I had six kids in my litter this morning. It's, <laughs> I have no idea what happened. I accidentally got pregnant. I don't even Must know how it happened. I think Probably. I ate a fucking pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this is the dumbest argument I've ever heard. And they're like, it's been presented at the Supreme Court. And I'm like, did they fucking summarily kill them afterwards? Because they're too <laughs> stupid to breathe. You have to wonder, too, about that law firm being like, oh, yeah, because, you know, this is high profile. Oh, this is the highest profile. How embarrassing so, is that? They're sitting around a strategy room, right? I mean, a nice one, too, like leather back yeah. chairs. Very nice one. You know, sitting around a strategy room somewhere. And like, I got it. I got it. Here's how we'll prevent those dirty, nasty gays from getting married. <laughs> Just say baby. Irresponsible, heterosexual Just say people. Baby spontaneously generates. <laughs> They prove it wrong by putting like a fucking uh, a piece of cheesecloth over the top and the babies are like <laughs> on the cheesecloth instead of in the bottle, you know. Babies are actually like yeast yeah. spore. They just they're just like wild in the air. They just fly about. Yeah, they don't come around willy-nilly. unless you put that activator in there. <laughs> just like, oh my dough is rising. There must be a baby in it. What the fuck? <laughs> baby in your dough. Quick, throw it in the oven. It's not uh, Hansel and Gretel. What the fuck? Toss it in the oven for baby and me. 
idiots. If this if this argument seriously, if this argument gets any traction at all, if there if the Supreme Court is just like, wait, what? Wait, you do realize this is the fucking Supreme Court. You didn't bring your fucking A game. You said the fucking JV squad lawyers. Are they, did you guys even pass the bar? Yeah. <laughs> Look, she said that poverty was a gift from God. It should be accepted. It should be welcomed. She believed that uh, disease and poverty were necessary for the formation of a good character. And she opposed um, the only thing that uh, is known to cure, <laughs> excuse me, to cure poverty. There is only one known cure for poverty. It's very simple. It doesn't matter whether you go to Bangladesh or Basra or Bolivia. Um, if you can give women control over their rate of reproduction uh, and come back to that village in 10 years' time, everything will be better right away. It's the only thing that works. If you can throw in a handful of seeds and a bit of credit, as well, and generally try and funnel it through the, the mothers and the wives, it'll be enormously better right away. But it, nothing else works, and if you don't do it, people die all the time very horribly, and they have appalling diseases like polio that they can spread to other people. Well, Mother Teresa spent her entire life saying that that solution was impermissible. She waged her entire life making sure that didn't happen. So I wish there was a hell to which she could go, because she has a lot of death on her conscience and a lot of misery and stupidity and ignorance and dirt and filth and disease as well. This story is from the Daily Mail. Um, was Mother Teresa not so saintly after all? Researchers sparked controversy by claiming her care of the sick was dubious and handling cash suspicious. Um, they're they're just on the just just right at the edge of this story. See, yeah, because so, <laughs> <laughs> I know Hitchens did bring this up while he was alive. Yeah. For example, yeah, while he was alive, uh, and, and several years ago, it was, you know, he wrote the missionary position, which was uh, basically bringing up all of the same points raised in this Daily Mail article. I I love the picture here of this. Of I mean, how old was she when she died? Like 147. <laughs> Jesus, look at that thing! It looks like the crypt keeper. It looks like the crypt keeper in a blue veil. It's crazy looking. <laughs> You've heard the term eyes in the back of your head. Hers are giving it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> like they're really, <laughs> really good at the college try here. They're, they are retreating. Yeah. And I know like taking pot shots at Mother Teresa seems pretty low. Like that's, <laughs> Who cares? Whatever. But this woman sounds like kind of a horrible human being. I remember uh, reading one of the Hitchens. Uh, I didn't read Missionary Position, but I, I did read, read several of his uh, uh, quotes and, and articles that he wrote. And, and uh you know, at one point he, he talked about how she had said that the suffering of the poor was noble. She called their suffering noble. And she didn't use any of her vast financial resources to provide pain medications for the dying. Right. There's a, I mean, there's a big part of this that they're talking about that. And we were talking about it earlier. I think the reason why we even mentioned this, because like people said on our on our website on our on our facebook they were saying well you know hitchens talked about this years ago and hitchens did talk about this years ago but i think people considered him a biased source i think they thought about him and they said oh he's just an atheist he's just a grumpy ass atheist and he doesn't have anything to gain he has a, a bunch to gain out of this obviously he's trying to sell a book so he's you know he's trying to tear down mother teresa by saying all this stuff and he's getting popular in the process because it's a very contentious position people see her they see all the good works that she do and it's like like, I mean, it's just the, like if, if somebody was, say, in Africa, 
helping feed the sick or whatever, and, and you were you were talking about them in some awful way, uh, people would look at the work they're doing and not pay attention to the, you know, the harm they may be causing. And the thing is, is that as time goes on, people see the harm that she may have caused. I'm going to read a little bit from this article. This is the Daily Mail. And again, I think this is a conservative newspaper. So again, this is interesting that a conservative newspaper is even saying this. It says, um, we're talking about uh, 300 documents on her life. These included rather a dubious way of caring for the sick, her questionable political contacts, her suspicious management of enormous sums of money she received, her overly dogmatic views regarding, in particular, abortion, contraception, and divorce. Doctors observed a significant lack of hygiene, even unfit conditions, as well as a shortage of actual care, inadequate food, and no painkillers. But the authors say the problem is not a lack of money. The foundation created by Mother Teresa has raised hundreds of millions of pounds. And I, you know, I obviously, you know, she was making, she was getting in a lot of money, but where was that money going? It's obviously, you can't tell where that money was going, whatever, but these people are in inadequate care and they're making it seem like your money's going to save these people. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about, you know, the, you sending money to a Baptist church when all those people are like, send us your money, send us your grocery money. You're like, yeah, well, where's that money going? Ugh. It's buying us a crystal palace and a fucking brand new Bugatti. You know what I mean? That's what right. it's doing. The same thing here. Where's that money going? It's buying the pulp a brand new fucking golden enema. You know what I mean? Like, like that's <laughs> what it's doing. Enema. It's like a golden enema tube or something. Like, that's what he's getting out of the deal. He's getting, you know, he's gonna gild a little boy so he could fuck it. Like, that's what, that's what they're buying. They're not using that. You know, yeah. Are they using some of your funds for some of this work? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, not all of this money's going to that. That's why you really need to know about your charities. That's why you really need to see that dollar ratio. And if that shit isn't fucking disclosed, man, fuck that charity in the ear. You don't need to be sending money to people that are like, well, send us your money and we'll help people. Well, how much? Hey, fucking, you gotta trust us, man. Hey, I'm with God. I'm with God. So we're going to take a quick break and give you some information on how to contact us through the means in which to contact us. And then we will be back for the rest of the show after this. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now, too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. Cecil, this story is from allafrica.com. And this was a very interesting story, I thought. Rwanda, rising atheism among genocide survivors. After the horrifying genocides in uh, Rwanda... Um, evidently, atheism is on the rise as people realize that they were duped, that the genocide was fueled by uh, sectarian religious conflict. Yeah, there's some. This is kind of a hard article to read, but you get a chance to see somebody's thought process when they witness some horrific stuff that happens, and then they change their mind about their own. You know, they have to. They have to confront their own beliefs in some way. And 
there's a lot of great points this person makes um, to, to sort of frame the story. It says um, his loving grandparents who were uh, proud to spend most of their of their lives within the walls of this parish were burned alive while they knelt in front of the altar hailing the Virgin Mary. Um, they don't let you do that anymore. That's called the stinger. They don't let you. They don't let you do that one anymore. Um, <laughs> they should have put out the fire with all that fucking holy no water. No kidding, right? You're standing you right one there. Drop and do it. Standing right there. But it's but it's funny though because the guy says I renounced Christianity to become an atheist when after the genocide I learned uh, uh, what happened to them. I couldn't possibly bear in mind how priests unleashed the killers to exterminate their flocks. It was. Uh, unimaginably incomprehensible. But also I was wondering where the it, where the so-called omnipresent, omnipotent God was. And, you know, when you ask God, you're like, well, where were you? Well, I was out on safari. I was hunting albinos. <laughs> I was hunting albinos. I was hunting rhinoceros. I was hunting elephants. I was very busy. I was a busy man that day. I mean, obviously, you know, this is going to turn someone against their own religion. I mean, if they think, and the thing is, the craziest shit in this article is when they're like, people are like, yeah, well, God didn't do it. Let's go with Muhammad. Let's go with Allah. Yeah, that, you just, you just got to say, like, you cannot, you cannot rationally believe in an omnibenevolent God. Like, that's not possible, right? You, you have to, at the, if you are going to believe in God, I think, and I think this is true, and I think this article calls this in a sharp focus, or it did for me, is that, if you are going to say, okay, I, I still believe this God thing, like I still believe this story, this this narrative rings true for me, the thing that you simply cannot believe is in the benevolence of God. It is impossible to reconcile the benevolence of God with genocide. Yeah. Those two things cannot, they simply can't coexist. It's like fucking white chocolate. It's not chocolate. <laughs> It's not. No, no, and it's it's a pale comparison. See, because it, it, it's, it's pale, not worth. It's, yeah, it's, it's not white. I don't know. It's white. like not. Hey-o. Yeah. So well, that's why with white chocolate, the Africa story. I figured you know, <laughs> throw that in. It's, it, but I mean, you 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 know, you read this article and it's 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 kind of like, well, really, it took this. I mean, it, t- it takes this. It takes a fucking genocide. Read the Bible. The Bible's full of genocides. Yeah. You you don't even need to experience one. You'd be like, oh man, I want to I want to know more about this guy. Let me pop the Bible open. Oh, he fucking he killed everybody here. Fucking smote and did some more smoting, and there's some fucking smiting and smoting and smitten over here. <laughs> it's like everybody died. In the Old Testament, it's a fucking bloodbath. Well, the problem is, is that they're sold a bill of goods that aren't that obviously don't come true, right? God right. is this, right. you know, fucking magic fairy that'll do shit for you. All you got to do is pray, and he loves everybody, and yada, yada, yada. And then the priests go out and say, hey, kill everybody, and whatever, and they kill everybody, and then you're burned alive while you're fucking hailing the Virgin Mary. And that opens some people up, people's eyes, but they're sold a bill of goods that I think they just, you know, obviously they can't contend with anymore. They're just like, I don't know where this works. I don't know how it works. I am woman, hear me roll in numbers too big to this story is just weird from thinkprogress.org. Christian school fires teacher after she becomes pregnant. Um, now, this is in, in and of itself, I actually did not think was the real story. Um, what the real story here is that the Christian college that 
dumps this teacher, that, that fires this teacher for becoming pregnant, offers the job to her boyfriend. Who impregnated her? Maybe it was an accidental impregnation, Tom. Maybe it was Maybe an immaculate it was, conception. It was an accidental pregnancy. And so it's not his fault. But it's her fault. It's yeah, obviously her fault. There's an interesting part of this article. She's a woman. I think most of it's not newsworthy, mainly because, you know, it's a Christian school, whatever. You kind of get what you pay for in that they're allowed to do, I guess, certain things. I think this is a ridiculous because there's no there's no uh uh if you look at the their uh I guess their handbook or whatever where they said because they say in here the college um has a community covenant and it says uh, employees and students agree to stay away from drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. They are also required to abstain from abusive anger, malice, jealousy, lust, huh? lust, sexual immorality, immoral behavior, including premarital sex, adultery, pornography, and homosexuality. Uh, but it, the thing is, is it doesn't say that you'll be fired if you don't comply. And I think that that's the key, right? It's like, look, you know, I, I think – I think everybody that is, you know, ultra religious goes through some sort of period in which they're, you know, doing a little sinning, even if it's just fucking rubbing one out or whatever. You know, the idea right. of that you're just going to be without sin is ridiculous. Um, and I think most religions at least try to address that. But to fire someone for this, and I think the most important part of this article is, is, is there is an inherent discrimination in trying to persecute a woman for having premarital sex, since no man's body will demonstrate his sexual history in the way a woman's will, there's no evidence that could lead a man to being fired for engaging in the same activity a woman does. And I think that's, you know, this is the reason why there's a sexual revolution in this country. It's the reason why we have, you know, um, rights for women when it comes to, uh, when it comes to contraception, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to being able to make sure that they don't have to have that, that they, that they can have the same rights as a man to not show everyone their sexual history. I think that's a really poignant part. Yeah, I think that's the part that, that calls into, sh- into focus the hypocrisy of this situation. You know, you also have to look at any college campus that says, hey, no lust here, no jealousy here. So no capitalism. Yeah. Like, we don't want to have any any jealousy or lust on this college campus. It is altogether right to discriminate against homosexual behavior. I'm arguing that it's time that we as conservatives, that we rehabilitate the word discriminate, that we reclaim it, that we dust it off, and that we use it, and that we use it unapologetically. And I believe we need to begin to say, look, it is altogether right for a rational culture to discriminate against homosexual behavior. This story is from the Friendly Atheist blog. Polish priest argues that gays are to blame for Catholic Church sex scandals. This is a very convoluted argument. Um, Like, extremely, insanely convoluted. But basically, Father Darius Oko, a Polish priest, um, who studies, and I love this, homo ideology and homo propaganda from a critical perspective. (laughs) As opposed to the perspective of, say, the recently uh, deposed cardinal um, who studied that (laughs) from a very personal perspective. He basically says there's a gay faction within the Catholic Church that is to blame for all of the church sex scandals. 
It's baffling. I love, I love that there's a gay faction. I also love that he studied homo ideology and homo propaganda. You know, like what else did he study? Did he study supercalifragilisticexpedoceology? <laughs> you know, like what the fuck? I'm just going to make shit up. Let's make shit up. What in the right. world are you talking about, homo propaganda? What the fuck is that? What is it, just putting rainbows on things? Like, is that the yeah. homo propaganda class? The homo remember, – remember all, that, all those people who were lured into homosexual behavior? Yeah. No? No. Because that's fucking impossible? Because yeah. they- you can't just be like, man, I don't know. I was at campus and I was totally straight and it was Tuesday – and then about 4.30, I saw this rainbow outside, and I was like, God, I got to suck a dick. <laughs> or you That's saw, you saw a poster, it's like, you should be sucking a dick right now. And I was like, damn it, <laughs> I should totally suck a dick. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous homopropaganda. What would that be? What would that be? Like, we would like to not be beaten. That is their propaganda. Like, like, that's your whole propaganda. You're, like, tied down like, and made to listen to ABBA songs. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, I don't know what. Like, I seriously have no idea what it would be. It doesn't even make any sense. You know, what, what this guy says, basically, is that um, gay kids that are raised as Catholics get drawn into the priesthood because they're, they have to hide their orientations. And he, he neglects to say, like, they only have to hide their orientation because of the fucking incredible amounts of shame that are endemic to the church culture that it perpetuates. But anyway, that th- these young gay kids get drawn into the priesthood to hide their orientation. And then there's all these other closeted gays now within seminary. And then they all get together and form like this evil gay cabal that is like the fucking thin blue line of gay priests. So they can <laughs> yeah. all go do crazy gay yeah things and or whatever i don't even know and then they don't tell on each other i guess like that's the end of it like and then i don't know they don't tell on each other the aristocrats and then they shit on a kid's chest you know what i mean right. like the aristocrats but no like the so uh, i think i was thinking about this uh and i was wondering why there's such a high level of uh abuse not just abuse but also there's a high level of you know when they accuse the priests of being homosexuals, when they accuse the priests of being pedophiles, and they turn out to be either homosexuals or pedophiles. And I, and uh, the thing is, is that I don't think that the Catholic Church really, and many churches, don't, they don't really care. They, they put those two groups in the same area. They say, oh, yeah, they you're do. a homosexual, yeah. that's deviant, that's awful, that's that's not natural, you're an awful person, um, you know, you should repent, rebuke these spirits, Satan, get behind me, well, don't get behind me with your pants down, sort of thing. And, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, basically they just want to make sure that they, that they know that they're doing, that they're, that those thoughts and those, to- those types of feelings are evil and not worthwhile and definitely not uh, godly or in the church. And then they do the same thing, obviously, with pedophiles, because you don't have to say anything about pedophiles to anybody. Everybody knows being a pedophile is wrong, because having sex with anything without its permission or consent is wrong. Everybody recognizes that without really the churches. The church doesn't even have to tell us that, right? We don't need a <laughs> right. church for that. Everybody knows that's wrong. So these people grow up with this sort of sexual frustration. Now, if they're pedophiles, they grow up with sexual frustration from all around them. But if they happen to grow up in these church, uh, these church 
in a church uh, religious house, in a, in a sort of Catholic house, and this is the sort of feeling that they have about their own sexuality, they will wind up, I think, trying to stop themselves from being sexual. And I think that a lot of people may get into the priesthood for that sort of, in a, in a way, to try to f- stop themselves because it's a way to be celibate and not be a weirdo. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that makes it's, sense. It's right. a way yeah. to be celibate. Yeah. It's a way to be, you know, like, I obviously believe this stuff. It's a way to be celibate and not, people won't think, well, geez, you know, Cecil never had a girlfriend. Yeah, you know? right. So yeah. there's this, so they have that opportunity. But then, you know, they're human beings. And obviously the temptation gets to them because they're, you know, oh, you're a homosexual? Well, now you're surrounded with dudes all the time. You know, it's like, oh, well, that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, you can't go become a nun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like so you're stuck. And then also the, these these pedophiles wind up in there, too, and they, uh, they, they are around children. And I'm not trying to draw a connection between the two, so please don't think that I think that they're equal in any way or that they're any way connected. I do not think that. But I think that they both are considered immoral, and I think that that may be the one thing that draws the priests to that sort of thing. Yeah, you know— one thing, too, from this this article is he says, and, and I agree with you, I, I think, you know, there's something to be said that the that the priesthood may attract people who want to hide their sexual orientation. It seems to me that the solution to that problem, though, is don't stigmatize homosexuality sure. so that they don't feel like they have to hide their sexual orientation and thus flock to, you know, positions of cloister. You know, which is basically what they're doing. They're trying to cloister themselves away from the world and from temptation. It's like it's like saying, like, I fucking love cake. And I can't handle eating one piece of cake. If I fucking see a cake, I'll eat the whole fucking cake. <laughs> so I'm going to go to a place that says no cake for right. you. And then I'm going to try to live in no cake world. Except for that you're always surrounded by cake, <laughs> man. Like, you just, it, it'd be like saying, like, hey, Tom, you know. Don't get an erection, but I'm going to need you to be the supervisor of this uh, girl's locker, a women's locker yeah. room. Like, what fucking, what are you talking about? Like, you're surrounded by women all the time. It's not going to happen. It's, it's a silly, it's, it's just fucking silliness. He says, um, he says, too, because of the spiritual corruption of, of homosexuality, these people become more interested in base corrupt things like money, power, career, and luxury. And so they are drawn in positions of power within their diocese. And the first thing that I thought was, well, why is it that those things even like, why should there be money, power, career and luxury as part of the higher echelons of you? You would think that like the higher you go in the church, like the more you would just be like, well, I have reached a higher level of spiritual fulfillment. I can give up more shit. Like I could just, I don't need, I can live a more, even in a, a more aggressively pared down life. Like you would think the Pope would be living in a fucking mud hut somewhere. Every day that goes by, Barack Hussein Obama is looking, acting, and talking more and more like a man who is applying for the job of Antichrist. I'm not convinced, as of yet, that he is the one and only man of perdition. But I am thoroughly convinced that he is a forerunner of the man of perdition. Mr. Obama may simply be the latest incarnation of Satan's spirit inside a human being, 
in a high public office. There have been many such men throughout history, tyrants such as Adolf Hitler. Mr. Obama may declare this week that homosexual marriage is a constitutional right. Is he the Antichrist who changes times and law? This story is from rightwingwatch.org. End Times radio host Rick Wiles, Obama emulating the Antichrist, may declare himself God. He just may. He just, it's it's not a for certain, Cecil. (laughs) He just, he might do it. He's leaving himself the option, you know? You never know what 2016 is going to bring. He's got to have some other, you know, fires or irons in the fire. One of them may be declaring himself God. Who knows? He says uh, he fears Obama may declare himself as God while in Israel, but then he notes it's too early for that to happen. Um, he says that uh, Obama consider he does consider Obama to be the latest incarnation of Satan's spirit inside a human being in high public office, and said he is looking, acting, and talking more like a man. This is my favorite. Yeah. Who is applying for the job of Antichrist? <laughs> and on that application where it says. Have you committed any felonies? The only acceptable answer is yes. All, all of, of the them. felonies. All your, <laughs> Could you imagine the, the when you're sitting down for the interview and they do that? What's your best qualities? What's your worst qualities? Like, what's your best quality? Uh, I don't know. I'm fucking shrewder than fucking Martha Stewart's uh, and a and a fucking Steve Jobs love child. I mean, like, what do you say? <laughs> like, a bad qualities. Well, I kind of burst into flames around crosses. I don't know. Is that going to be a hindrance to this job? Or you know, <laughs> I I mean, I can definitely stay away from the crosses if necessary. Like, what I. I love, too, the idea of, like, that they're hiring Obama, that he's applying for this job. Obama's applying for the job of Antichrist. Don't you think that, you know, like, Antichrist is one of those jobs you'd want to hire young for? You wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> want to hire some old guy. You'd want to hire young for that. I would imagine that you'd probably go somewhere where there's, like, a maybe a, a candidate at a college job fair or something. You know, like, you'd want, you'd want them to show up and there'd be a big line of them. Maybe somebody would come up with an MS degree in antichrist technology, maybe. <laughs> they could also, you know, minor in occult studies, spend a semester overseas convincing people to cannibalize albinos in Africa or something. <laughs> Possibly they were president of the demonology club. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's all these people, I think, out there that would be much better suited for the job of Antichrist than Obama. You spent a few years in the anti-peace corps. Anti-peace. You know, like, like working, you're like working to pollute rivers. Just yeah. like, yeah, we're here to pollute rivers and uh, unvaccinate children. That's what we're here to do. Well, I, I actually picture that interview going a little bit differently. It's like, what are your, what are your best qualities? I have no best qualities. Yeah, I have no, no All quali- of my qualities are bad qualities. Yeah, all all of them. I'm the fucking Antichrist. <laughs> like, whatever qualities you're looking for, I actually possess the opposite of those qualities. Those are, are the, anything good. Who are I'm some the, of your role models? Oh, I don't know, Adolf Hitler. Big yeah, fan of Hitler. Good, he was a good guy. Big I liked fan him. of Hitler. Yeah. It, uh, you know, we were actually just talking the other day when I was down in hell. And, uh, you know, he said hi, by the way. Just said hi. Like Stalin you know. a lot. Stalin was fun. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Who is listening to End Times Radio? I'm, I'm looking at the same, the same thing right now. Cecil, do you see any related items? The very first one. Rick Wiles. Same guy. Fly landing on Obama. Maybe sign he is demonic. That's, uh, look. Only demonic people get flies to land on them. Flies are kind You know, that's actually the, the thing is that um, all foodstuffs are demonic. Yeah, like yeah, every foodstuff. Food I, I just, I mean, I just seriously don't, under, I mean, when they're talking about uh, 
Obama's going to travel to Jerusalem next month. And then what if he declared himself God? It's like fucking who can, like who's going to even listen to him? Like right. what people what if he what if he walked into the fucking into the Jerusalem temple or whatever the fuck you're on about and he walks in <laughs> and he's like, "I declare myself God." They'd be like, "Mr. President, I think you need to drink more water." Yeah. Like what? <laughs> no, right. What would they say? <laughs> I mean, well, seriously, they'd be like, I think Mr. President had a breakdown. Yeah, It's and not like everybody in the United States would be like, oh, Mr. President is God. It, End it, times. Right. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that you're God. I, I know that the religious have a hard time believing this, but just saying something doesn't make it so. Like, just saying that you're God doesn't make him God. Right, right. Like, it's not like he said, oh, what if he says he's God? Then he'll be God. But what if he says how the Bible works. afterwards? <laughs> I am God. Oh, psych! <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck, it's 1983 again. Oh. I mean, Cecil, here. I am God. Yeah, I'm God. We're both God. Yeah. Did it work? No, I'm going to drink more water, though, because I think I'm feeling a little lightheaded. I'm trying to fly, but it's just, I'm still fat. It's not happening. It's just, yeah. there's still so much gravity acting on me right now. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This story is from ArsTechnica.com. Verizon turns in Baltimore Church Deacon for storing child porn in cloud. He looks like the angriest Wilford Brimley. He does. Look, man, this guy just got caught. He like he like got fucking caught by his own cell phone. <laughs> he's he's like I thought I was uploading those to heaven. Yeah, I thought that's what cloud computing was. Yeah, I thought I, I was no sending idea. all those dirty little kid images to heaven for Jesus to look at. No, you know, no, that, you have it all wrong. You see, we're in a time now of preparedness, Tom. Like we're talking about, like you know. Hurricane, disaster, zombie preparedness, those sorts of things. And what he's doing is just preparing himself for the afterlife because he's no he's just going to be like lounging on a cloud surrounded by cherubs playing the fucking harmonica and the fucking banjo and the the jug. So he's going to be he's going to be up there just sitting there. Wanting to masturbate and not having any images. To right. So he's he's already impregnating the cloud with the images. So when he goes up there, he's ready to lounge on the right cloud, the cloud full of kitty porn. Do, do you think when he gets there, he's got to be like, um, can we trade clouds? Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. I, hit, I, 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 I I was on that one earlier. It's like it's like finding the porn stash in the woods. Like it's like it's like somebody's porn stash under a log. It's like, oh hey, little awkward. <laughs> Back when I was alive, I put all my porn in that cloud yeah. over there. Yeah. So can we just? I mean, this one's brand new. I just got it today. I've only been up here that long. So yeah. if I can just get that cloud, that'd be great. <laughs> I yeah? need to plug in my USB if you know what I mean. <laughs> Listen, I'm up on this cloud. I'm gonna make it rain if you know what I mean. All right. I just. Send some seed downstairs. What, what I wonder is the people who – now, he may have been online sharing through his phone or something or his computer, but I can't help but think when Verizon's involved that he somehow was sharing it with his phone. And I can't help but think of all the people out there. I'm just like, when do you need to look at pornography on your 
phone. Like, when are you just like, you know what I really need is a tiny little screen with very bad, like, very bad resolution. That's what I need to look at this pornography on. Like, who's the asshole out there who's just like, man, I got to fucking upload fucking porn on my phone. The only thing I can think is that Verizon, I think, is a... Is like our Comcast it's in different gotta parts be. of the it's country. It's got to be our a setup so it's like that because I keep thinking like, like, dude, you know, this. first off, this guy's got a flip phone. I mean, look at this guy. <laughs> this guy does not have a smart – I mean, no, first off, he's not smart enough to have a smartphone. No. But he's he's definitely got – does not have a smartphone. Even if um, he gets a smartphone, it's just downgraded to phone when he gets yeah. it. Like but, when they hand it to him, it's just like, oh. I don't know. I don't ever understand these people that are like sending their fucking child porn to other people or, you know, they, they wind up getting busted because they're posting it or they go to the fucking cloud and it gets detected. Like, man, you're doing an obviously illegal thing. Why do you want to broadcast that to other places? It's It's got to be stupidity. It's got to be. I mean, look at this man. Look at him. His technology knowledge is is got to be no more than thirty percent better than mine. Yeah, thirty <laughs> percent. He could be your tech guy at your work. So we got a uh, Google Voice for uh, from the Atheist Nomads podcast. We're going to play it for you right now. Well, hello, Cecil and Tom. My name is Wesley Bonetti. I am. Um half of the uh, Atheist Nomads podcast. Just wanted to say, damn you, for, well, uh, found you when you were co-hosting with the Brits and had a, a love affair ever since. You guys are kicking ass. Thanks a bunch. So we're going to do the Google Voice thing, even though some people hate it. So take that. Well, hello. C's 11 Palm. My name is Wesley Benetti. I, yeah, the, if you still have podcasts, just wanted to say, damn you, <laughs> ask for her. Oh, found you. Know when you're co-hosting with the Brits and Heather. Love affair ever since. You <laughs> guys are kicking ass. Thanks a bunch. All right. Take care of. I Heather Love Affair. I like that. Heather Love Affair. Heather Love Affair. Google's getting better. Yeah. So the Atheist Nomads podcast called us. I have never heard the Atheist Nomads podcast, but uh, but they called us and they like our show. So evidently they're awesome. They are spectacular. Not knowing them, yeah. I love them though. We are going to check them out though this week since they called sure. up. Absolutely. So uh, we got an email from Benjamin. It's a long email talking about. Uh, Louisiana and things like that. But there's a piece at the end here that we'd like to read. The first is, it says, Know that for one 40-year-old gun-toting, alligator-eating, Bible-belt skeptic, that your show is part of what makes the millstone worth turning. We want to thank you. We thought that line was great. But we also want to point out, too, uh, that this person is from uh, Louisiana. And he says, P.S., it's fucking hilarious when you guys make fun of the South. So, we actually have permission from someone from the South to make fun of the South. That's all we needed. That's all we need. We just needed – we it's only needed on. one person down there to sign the permission slip. <laughs> just one person. So you have we signed just, the permission slip. Benjamin speaks for the South. All the entirety of the That's South. So. Everything south of yeah. I-80, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder, too, like 
Because I can't, <clears throat> I, it's hard for me to distinguish. I can't tell, like, what a British accent comes from, like, where they come from. I know that the Brits can tell you. Like, we could hear somebody from the Northeast and know where they come from, Minnesota. Oh, sure, yeah. We could hear somebody from the South or California or whatever. And we would be able to tell where they come from. I always wonder if there's, like, a Southern accent for Brits. I wonder if there's, like, one that they that they use to make fun of, like, this is this is somebody who is, like, a hillbilly or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we'll have people chime in if 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 there is one and you can mimic it. Yeah. You should leave it on our voice. You should have to call so if there's a if there's a Brit and this goes for any accent. So although right. only ones that are in English. So because we because you could call up in <laughs> Japanese and do two and we'd be like, Yeah, that sounds the same. But uh, uh Australia too. I would I would wonder if there's one from Australia. But if you have one and you think uh, it's it's your hillbilly, your version of the hillbilly, call it in and uh and do your best mocking of it. But you have to talk how you would normally talk first. So the Australians would just do yeah. the New Zealanders. Would and the they? New Zealanders would just do the Australians. The and we won't be able to tell the difference. That's the same accent <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So we got an email from uh, from Ben. And Ben uh, is a Northern English listener. And he was talking about uh, Everyone's a Critic. He's talking about Everyone's a Critic, all the Everyone's a Critic uh, podcasts that are available. If you go to our website, dissonancepod.com, they're on there in a downloadable form, there's like a I, I shared a file with everyone on Google Drive, so you could basically go there and download all of the everyone's a critic. That was our old movie review podcast. If you're unfamiliar with that, we did that for four years or five years before we ever started Cognitive Dissonance. So uh, you can listen to all our old movie reviews, and it had some of this stuff in it too, some of this atheist, skeptical, liberal stuff in it. Um, but uh, but it also had a movie review every show, one or two movie reviews. But he asked a question. The question is, uh, you know, are you guys thinking about doing any more film reviews? We did one with George Crabb when we did Monumental. And he said, you know, I, I, I love the idea of it, that sort of thing. Um, and what we want to say is we do have plans for doing it. The problem is finding the movies to do. So we would ask the audience also if you were interested in us doing a movie – uh, reviewing a movie, uh, send it in to us and, and, and maybe we'll get a chance and watch it. And this would actually serve Tom and I well. So if we ever have to take a week off, we could record a movie review and then post that in lieu of us coming on for a week. And that would actually give us a week off, which would kind of be awesome. So in case we ever had the nerve to go on vacation, we haven't, we haven't done that yet. Although in the, in the, in the coming year, it's going to happen. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's so, not going to not So happen. send us a message. And let us know if there's a uh, movie that you'd like us to uh, to review. A, and it's got to be a woo-filled movie. It can't be like just interview or do it, uh, Twilight 4 or whatever. No. Fuck that. That's not no. happening. No. But if Never it's like again. a woo movie, something with a, you know, some sort of skeptical or atheist movie, we would definitely take a look at it. Uh we got a long email from uh, from Yvonne. We can't read uh, Yvonne's email. It's just so long. Um, but we did want to mention that we got it, and we want to thank you for sending it in. Um, we read all the email, just so you know. We read Every all the email. Yep. So uh, so if you send an email and we don't mention it on the show, understand that we, that we read them all. Um, Yvonne was one of the many people who sent long emails this week, and we just wanted to mention uh, your email. We, 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 we love hearing from people like you. We got an email from Preston. He says, I'm sure uh, you've seen the Family Guy clip where Peter gets excited every time they say the title of a movie uh, in the movie. Uh, I can't help but think that every time someone says co- – I can't help but think that every time someone says cognitive dissonance on your show. I'm going to play the clip here. Uh, uh, he said it. He said it. Uh, uh, there it is. There 
I think that's 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 perfectly uh, uh, a reasonable thing. Whenever any, because people try to say cognitive dissonance, they try to throw it in there once in a while. Yeah, they they try to work it into the conversation on occasion, and I, I do feel like I, I found an article this week, and cognitive dissonance was in the first line of it, and I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we got an email from Christopher, I guess, Christopher. I don't know. No idea. There's it's a actually lot of, a Christ offer. There's it's a, a lot of Christ offer going on here. That's a fucking. That's a weird way to spell it, isn't it? It's a Christ offer you can't refuse. <laughs> but Christ offer sends us a, a message from Sweden. He says um, he was talking a little bit about uh, he didn't like our review of let the right one in. We don't care. And then he says, uh, <laughs> he said, and we really don't. We like really I mean, don't. we really don't care nope. that you don't like the review. Actually, I like that movie. I, Tom was the fucking stick in the mud who didn't like it. But he says, how how dare you be wrong with, the, with that review? But he says in here, uh, he says, you should come to Stockholm, Sweden for a fan meetup, even if I'm the only fan here. That's a long way to go. <laughs> It's a long way to go to be lonely. Listen, yeah. I can be lonely anyway. Yeah, we're, right? Like yeah. I can be disappointed by my own lack of interest. Yeah. Virtually fucking anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. We could do a fan meetup in my own fucking house yeah. and there would be nothing but crickets. <laughs> my wife it's, doesn't even listen to the show. It's so true. Right? It's so true. So yeah, we uh we we would love to go to Sweden, but uh, but uh, to to fly there would be yeah, a send me a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a tremendous trip that would be to be like, hey, dude, how you doing? Shake his hand and then just go home. Just like, hop right. Thanks for listening, airport, man. We cause... appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, even though, I mean, all, really, all we do is just go get drunk. Like that's the only thing we do is just go get fucking, just get soused over in Sweden. I totally want to go there though. That's like I want to do like a whole tour of the the countries up there in that big sort of weird penis-shaped state area up there. <laughs> dangly the dangly testicles of Norway and stuff. I want to go over there and just I would hang love, out. That's a big part of the world I would love to see yeah, myself. But. It looks awesome, man. It looks great. And they yeah. drink like fucking lots of liquor up there. I'm not I'm not a fan of preserved fish, but hey, I'll get by, you know? Yeah, what the whatever. Hell? After a few drinks, you'd be a fan of anything. Whatever, man. I'll have After sex a with few a m- drinks, it turns out people are even a fan of the show. I'll have sex with a moose on two fucking hits of vodka, <laughs> on two shots of vodka. Are you kidding me? So in a couple of weeks, it's not going to happen right away. We're going to have them on, we hope, uh, on the later on this month. So it's going to be nearer to April when we release. Uh, but Michael Marshall from Skeptics with a K, uh, he's also on Incredulous, and he also is a co-host of the show uh, Be Reasonable. He's affectionately known as Marsh to everybody else. Uh, so Marsh will be on our show uh, later on this month, but we don't have a, a lot of guests until then. Um, so it's just going to be us for a little while. Suffer through that. Suffer through it. Suffer through it. But uh, but this, this is it for this week. We're going to be back next week with another show. But until then, we're going to leave you, as always, with The Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night infodocutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques, and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. You can get your free audiobook by going to dissonancepod.com slash audible. No, it's audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonance. Whatever, dude. Fuck you. Say it again. What is it again? Say it again. Audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonance pod. Yeah. You can get your free audiobook by going to audible. Fucking what is it again? Audiblepodcast.com. I'm just going to send you. I'm going to write it down. Jesus Christ, honey brain. Podcast. I mean, I know it, man. It's like. Yeah, here, I'll send you a link. I fucking typed it on the notes like a goddamn idiot. You can get your free Audible book. (laughs) Start it up. I quit. I quit. You can do it, Tom. You can do it. (laughs) You get your free audiobook by going I can't, to Audible. I can't put you laughing in there because then they'll be like, why is he laughing? You have to stop. First, you have to stop laughing. Don't make me come you over You have to there. stop laughing. Now you have to calmly start over. You can get your free Audible book. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you're terrible at this. Oh, I need an adult. You do. <laughs> Quick, Tom, tell him where to get an Audible book. Oh, fuck, I, I don't know. Go to the library. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get one here. Do we have a website or something? Fuck. Uh, sorry, hang on. Okay. You can oh, do it. Oh, God. <laughs> you can do it. I really can't, it turns out.